morning, Texas. Welcome to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and this show's about your rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard of and care about and would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to, well, trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Every year, more and more personal rights are erased from the books while Americans stand idly by. I'm reminding you it's not because we don't care. Of course we care. But we're busying our lives, raising our kids, and feeding our families. And while we're doing this, the metaphorical water temperature is rising all around us, like that frog that gets boiled without ever knowing it. On this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts, to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Now, stick around today. We're going to be visiting with Dallas attorney Gary Cantrell to find out how the Texas Supreme Court wiped out a huge chunk of the automobile insurance coverage you thought you had. Let's dive right in and get wet. We all have liability insurance on the vehicles that we drive. That's the law. But every time a Texan decides to purchase liability insurance, he's also given something called uninsured and underinsured motorist protection, sometimes called UM or UIM coverage. This has been the case in Texas since 1967. It's not a new concept. It's not new coverage. It is important coverage because liability, the one that you think of that you have to buy for your car, only pays for other people that are injured by you. But UM, or uninsured motorist coverage, pays for injuries that another negligent driver causes to you that's in excess of the other person's liability limits. So, for example, if a driver runs a red light and hits your car, injuring you, you can collect up to the limits of that person's liability coverage. But if your injuries are $100,000 and the other driver only has $30,000 in coverage, there's a gap, a shortfall of $70,000. This is where your UM, UIM insurance comes into play. It pays you for your injuries and those people in your car for the amount that the other person's insurance lacks, right? If the other person doesn't have insurance at all, then the uninsured coverage covers it all. That is, up to the limits of the uninsured motorist insurance that you purchase. This type of coverage makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, it puts a layer of protection in place for you, for your family, for whoever else is riding in your car to rely on if you're ever injured by a driver without insurance or without enough insurance to cover your injuries. But this type of insurance, ladies and gentlemen, only comes into play if there was another driver who was at fault in causing your injuries. Reminder, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. We're talking about the disappearance of American rights. Usually, this is easy to establish, though, because if there's a collision between two cars, it's usually witnessed by somebody, or the cars are sticking together, or something along those lines. But several years ago, insurance companies became concerned. They became concerned that the people who were involved in one-car smash-ups, you know, falling asleep at the wheel, running off the road, that these people were claiming that another vehicle was at fault but fled the scene in order to get this coverage. 
Now, this was probably a very small problem indeed, but nevertheless, insurance companies had a point. So through the efforts of big-dollar corporate lobbyists, the insurance industry was able to get Texas law changed. And here's what it did. It changed to require that in order for uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage to apply, there must be physical contact between the two cars. The policy behind the law was to provide evidence to the insurance company that this wasn't just a one-car collision. So in the case of a hit-and-run driver... You could still collect on your UM policy as long as you could show where the damage was on your car. For instance, where it sideswiped you. Now, quite literally, the statute states that actual physical contact must have occurred between the motor vehicle owned uh, or operated, and, and that's by the other person, and the person or property of the insured. So let's be clear. The legislature told us that the reason for requiring contact with a motor vehicle was to prevent the fraud that can occur when someone claims an accident was caused by a phantom vehicle. In fact, here's the actual language used by the legislature and it says, uh, the uninsured motorist statute was enacted to protect conscientious motorists from financial loss caused by irresponsible motorists. Now, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, because immediately we see a problem. What if the negligent motorist is barreling head-on down the wrong side of the highway towards me, and I only have two options? One, hit the other car head-on, or two, swerve and end up in the ditch. In reality, the choice is easy. I'm going into the ditch. But from a legal standpoint, I just gave up my ability to have underinsured or uninsured motorist coverage cover me and my injuries. Why? Because there was no physical contact with the offending car. In order to have coverage, the insurance company would tell me that I should have hit the other car head on. What kind of a message is that for an insurance company to send? Well, this is bad enough and certainly deserves a change in the law, but our current Texas leadership will never allow a law uh, that favors individuals over insurance companies. And for that matter, as we've discussed on this program, neither will the current Texas Supreme Court. Reminder, you're listening to Justice for All, The Wyatt Wright Show. Yep, you guessed it. The Texas Supreme Court went way too far again way too far and expanded the U.M. statute or uninsured motorist statute to exclude even more than conscientious drivers. In a case involving nationwide insurance, the Supreme Court made a mockery of the law and the legislative intent behind it. Now, listen, there can be no doubt Even the Supreme Court agrees there can be no doubt why the law was enacted. We have the legislative history. It's to eliminate drivers making up the existence of another car who caused the injuries. So we're trying to prevent made-up phantom vehicles. But seven out of the nine current justices on our Supreme Court decided to pour hot tar down on us regular people from high up in that castle, which was built for them, uh, with the money from corporate greed. And this is happening again. Here are the facts, ladies and gentlemen, and you tell me what you think. Get your minds wrapped around this, and let's just see where we go. A man and his children were driving down the highway when a negligently maintained 18-wheeler coming the other direction lost an entire 
axle assembly. I mean, picture this, complete with axle, wheels, tires, the works. The entire axle assembly went flying across into the other lane and smashed directly into this man's car, injuring he and his kids. So here's the test. Did the collision satisfy the legislature's goal of preventing fraud from a made-up vehicle? Heck yes! There was an axle assembly sticking out of his front windshield. That's not made up. Can't make it up. Ladies and gentlemen, raise your hands if this meets the stupid test for, of course, this is covered. I can feel hundreds of thousands of hands going up right now. Now raise your hands if you think this shouldn't be covered. I hear seven hands going up, and they're all from within the Texas Supreme Court building. Wyatt, you can't be serious. No self-respecting person would say this isn't covered, let alone a member of our distinguished Texas Supreme Court. My response to you, you're either dreaming, being sarcastic, or you're brain damaged. Listen, here's what happened. The Texas Supreme Court found a ridiculous loophole and used it to put more money in the pockets of insurance companies and take away coverage from needy Texans who pay for that coverage. That's you and me. That's not just some segment of the population. That's the entire motoring public. This court said that uh, that the man in the example we talked about, remember the one with the, the, the axle assembly sticking out of his windshield? They said he wasn't entitled to the coverage because he didn't make, are you ready for this? He didn't make contact with a motor vehicle. Only part of a motor vehicle. Are you kidding me? The court then went on through a, a, a just a ridiculous analysis to explain how an axle all by itself was incapable of propelling itself, uh, which is the hallmark characteristic of a motor vehicle, and therefore it can't be a motor vehicle since the axle had no motor. Da, 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 da. Can you see where this is going? It was absurd. It was embarrassing to read. But if the entire 18-wheeler would have slammed into this man and his kids, well, then he would have been covered. Of course, they probably would have been dead, too. Or if the axle would have still been attached to the 18-wheeler, he would have been covered. But as soon as the axle left the 18-wheeler, no coverage, says seven of the nine. Now, this opinion gets me so mad, ladies and gentlemen, not just because it once again guts the people of Texas in favor of the court's corporate buddies, but because it is so utterly obnoxious and offensive to the senses of ordinary Texans. Well, we're going to need some help to, to, to figure out this topic. And while I take some blood pressure medicine, let's, let's get him on the show. Uh, and a reminder, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. We're talking about the disappearance of our American rights. Let's get him on board. We're talking today to Gary Cantrell. He's a trial lawyer based in Carrollton, Dallas, uh, where he's focused on civil injury law and general litigation. Gary is a graduate of the South Texas College of Law and has around 90 jury trials under his belt. He's certainly well-rounded. He's also a geologist and a, a bass guitar player. Uh, but we know he's a true fighter for his clients' rights because in addition to fighting in the courtroom, he's a black belt in several martial arts disciplines. Mr. Cantrell, thanks for joining us today on The Wyatt Wright Show. How you doing? Pleasure to be here. You know, and listen, if my kids ever get bullied at school, I'm calling you for backup. <laughs> uh, you know, now in the case we're talking about here, the nationwide insurance case, you were the attorney for the plaintiff, correct? That's correct. Okay, so you're familiar with, with this. Now, in your years of practicing law, you've represented both plaintiffs and defendants, right? That's correct. All right. So you've got some experience on both sides of the coin. And, and in those years of practice, did you ever believe that an insurance company would actually make such a ridiculous argument? That is – 
it wasn't the car that hit him, it was the axle. I Well, I expected that the argument would be made at the trial level because you have to make all kinds of arguments just to cover your butt. I did not expect it to be successful. Sure, or to even be legitimate in the form of, of uh, expecting success, trying it out is one thing, but actually hoping it's going to work and seeing it work in this case. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that's just something else. Now, in this case, we've got the Supreme Court. It says its decision... Uh, quote, honors the legislative purpose of protecting motorists, end quote. That's what it said. And then they go on to say that in order for, for uninsured coverage to apply, the contact with the motor vehicle must be direct and not indirect. Isn't this just hair splitting that actually defeats the purpose of the statute? It's, it certainly sounds like it to me. And, and in fact, let me, let me give you a little Please. history. Please do. Bringing you up to where the Supremes were on this. Uh, first, the um, uh, uh, the defendant nationwide at the trial court level and for and for the uh, edification of your um, of your listeners you'll have uh, you know we have a trial court here in Texas and then if there's a problem at the trial court that's appealable you go to the court of appeals okay good and then uh, there will be some sort of resolution there and then either party can then have the opportunity to petition the Texas Supreme Court for a review to see if they want to put in their two cents or not. Got it. What happened in this case is at the trial court level, the uh, defendant, that would be uh, Nationwide Insurance, uh-huh. uh, filed what's called a motion for summary judgment. And what that says is, you know, Your Honor, look, we've got this case, but everybody agrees on what the facts are, and because we all agree on what the facts are, we want you the judge, the court, to make a decision based on the facts, a, a legal decision as a matter of law, this is what it has to be. All right. And the way that you can defeat that as a person responding to a motion for summary judgment is to point out that there's a fact issue, um, because if there's a fact issue, then it needs to go to, to trial. Okay. Now, the um, uh, in this, it seemed pretty clear to me that if they were going to hang their hat on um, the axle assembly and these huge honking wheels and tires uh, not being actual contact with the other vehicle, that uh, that at the very least there was a fact issue as to whether or not a reasonable person could find that there was actual contact in this case. Gotcha. Uh, however, the trial court um, reluctantly, I will say, said, you know, the law seems to be that I'm going to have to rule this way. Okay. And uh, understanding that there had never been a case actually on point in Texas, so uh, so, so I the judge did what? The judge threw it out? No, the the judge granted the motion for summary judgment. Yeah. And said defendants, as a matter of law, you win. There is no coverage because there was no actual contact. All right. So I appealed to the court of appeals. All right. And it was tempting to to just say in my argument. Oh, give me a break. Yeah, right. You know, they, it just it just seems so straightforward and so simple. I see. Uh, nonetheless, made a, made a legal argument, and the Court of Appeals, um, sitting, sitting in Waco, uh, agreed with me. Okay. And said, uh, yeah, we think that this, is, this qualifies that, you know, the purpose of the statute that requires actual contact is to prevent fraud. Right. right. And clearly there's no fraud here. No, you got an axle sticking out of the car. Yeah. And let okay. me say this. This car was 
smashed. Oh, jeez. This was a smashed car. Gotcha. It was it was amazing. It's it's incredible that they were not hurt any more than they were, Got although it. they were pretty much hurt. Okay. Um, so, and, and, and the Court of Appeals sitting in Waco said, yeah, we agree with Mr. Cantrell and his clients, and uh, not only that, we've taken the opportunity to look at all these other states where they've had a similar question. Okay. And in looking at the way all of these other states um, have have addressed this, and that's what you do. If you have uh, an issue before you in Texas that Texas has never dealt with, sure. you look to other states Don't to look see at what they're reasoning. That makes sense. Yeah, because if, they, you know, if they've got a good argument, sure. you can steal it. Right? So, um, so they did, and they found um, 23 states that had statutes essentially the same as Texas. Okay. And what they found is that most of those, and there was a little tweaking, said, yeah, in a, in a case like this, uh, there would be coverage. That, that that's enough for, substant- or for direct contact between the uh, un- uninsured or, or um, well, now, in this case, the, the hit-and-run driver and your vehicle. And those, are, and those are legal argue- Those are legal passings, but it, from a common-sense perspective, I, there should be no question. You would, you would figure. Yeah. Well, even the court said that. And what they did, because, you know, if you're, if you're a court of appeals or if you're a Supreme Court in some state, you need to come up with some sort of rule that people can follow. And what these other states did was to say, well, if the part that hits you is an, uh, is an integral part of the other vehicle, okay. then, then that's enough. And, well, um, that's a, an actual sounds integral to me. It does me too, and at the very least, it's a it's a fact question. Okay, that makes sense. So, a jury should hear it. Now, on the uh, uh, our Texas Supreme Court said no. Well, let me back up. The Court of Appeals adopted that viewpoint. They said, look, if an integral part of the other vehicle hits your vehicle, that's enough. You got coverage, and it has to be close in time. It can't just be laying there in the yeah, road. of course, it comes off the other vehicle. And the uh, Texas Supreme Court, in overturning the Court of Appeals decision, said, uh, "Well, no, we can't. We can't have that be the test because there would be all this litigation to determine what what an integral part was." Well, you know, when you look at all these other states that adopted the integral part test, right. and you start looking for uh, published opinions that deal with whether or not something was an integral part. Mm-hmm. Uh, there just aren't any. Yeah, but but let's just say that there are. Isn't that what the courts are for? Is to is to determine uh, how to make justice uh, arrive in any particular case. That's why the courts are there. You'd figure. I mean, if there's a, if there's a dispute, let's do that. And let's. It, what seems to make sense to me is let's err on the side of of coverage, which is the public policy that the legislature spoke about. And and here's the question it raises: if 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 we know here we've got this physical contact requirement, and we know what the intent of the legislature was, they already told us to prevent fraud and all that. But but why can the Supreme Court say on one hand that they're just following the written law of the legislature? They said, no, no, no. It says motor vehicle. We've got to follow the law of the legislature. But on the other hand, Gary, completely disregard the intent of the legislature. You know, uh, isn't that isn't that just a little disingenuous? It, it sounds that way to me. And particularly this in in the case we're talking about, the, the um, um, the court specifically says, and, and I've got it marked here, 
Um, is this the liberally construed? Yes, the yeah. liberally construed. It says, it says the law of this statute is supposed to be liberally construed to give full effect to the legislature's purpose and to favor the providing of coverage to policyholders. I read that out of the, the, the case. Maybe that's what you're looking at. That Well, and it, and it continues with this. They okay. say then, however... In liberally construing a provision that does not permit divorcing its application from the words in the statute. Okay. Okay. That's, you go, well, all right, you know, the words in the statute kind of tell you where where the statute's going. That's, that makes perfect sense. Yet in, um, Ashley B. Hawkins, the same year, Uh where uh, they're looking at whether or not um, well, it, briefly in Ashley v. Hawkins, it was a statute of limitations case where you have to, if you've got a lawsuit against somebody, you have to file it within X right. number of years, right? right? And if you don't, you lose the, the case. But what can happen is if you file the lawsuit and then you keep trying to get the person served, mm-hmm. you're okay as long as you're, yeah. as you're trying to get them served. There is a statute that says that the, the statute of limitations is told, that is, it stops. Yes. Uh, if the defendant is out of state. Mm-hmm. And that's what it says. If they're out of state, sure. it's told. Except in actually the end, end, okay, if we're going to um, not divorce ourselves from the application of the word in the statute, then, you know, we're going to have to say that out of state means out of state. Yeah, right. And Ashley V. Hawkins, they said, no, it doesn't. No, he said that's not what it means. Yeah, they said uh, nobody. Well, they, so this is selective interpretation. There's, there's, the practical application of the case I just talked about is that no one is actually ever out right. of state, even though you can look at it and go, I know what out of state means. Right, and so why do we have the statute if no one is actually ever out of state? In the, in the very, uh, very same year, this was, well, it was decided in 2009, this was sure. 2008. sure. Um, so, and, and who benefits from a statute right. of limitations running in a yeah, car wreck case? The defendant. And yeah. who pays for their, their the insurance companies. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, and it goes down the line. Now, many of our listeners have teenage drivers, and, and I always worry about this, too. Today on my way to the studio, I was behind a work pickup truck with a rear bumper, and it was dangling by a thread. I mean, I couldn't have made this up, and, and it looked like it was held on with bailing wire. Uh-huh. Tell me, Gary, if this came loose and hit somebody's teenage kid uh, in their car, would there be any uninsured motorist coverage available to that family? None at all. None at all. And if the truck that dropped it was long gone before anybody, there's no liability insurance to go after either. So, so that person's just left holding the bag, right? That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, and by but, the and, and, yeah. and to say, I mean, if you could track down that truck and figure out what if you could catch them, yeah, then you could make a negligence claim against them. But your own insurance company ain't going to help you. No, out. not going to help us out. You know, and and here here's something else that I that just dying. We're we're down to our last uh, a couple minutes here, but but I'm thinking about the, the law requires that UM insurance or uninsured motorists insurance in the first place uh it, it says this is the law the uninsured motorist statute was enacted to protect conscientious motorists for losses caused by irresponsible motorists so gary i don't see in that statute where it says that it was enacted to help big insurance company did, did i miss that i think you did okay, I, must, I must have you but know. let me say this too sure. This is something that you contract for. You're right. It's not a gift. You You're give right. the insurance company money. Yeah, they're happy to take the money. To provide you coverage as if you were buying insurance for the other guy. Sure. Yeah, that's just the thing. Now, here's a, here's a quote I want to read you from Texas Watch, a consumer watchdog group following this opinion. They said, this decision is indicative of the extent the Supreme Court is willing to stretch common sense and meaning in order to tilt the playing field further in favor of the insurance industry at the expense of the consumer. Uh, Gary Cantrell, is this accurate? 
I would not disagree with that. You wouldn't disagree with it. Well, I mean, this is the way we're going here. And I tell you what, I, I want to leave you with this. I, I've got a new law in mind. Now tell me what you think. Okay. This, it, I've got a new law in mind for the legislature to consider, and I want them to look at it this time around. I'm going to call it Wyatt's Law. And it says that the next time an axle or a tire or a bumper flies off of a vehicle and kills a child, I think a member of the Supreme Court ought to be required by law to call up the parents and explain why logic dictates that they can't recover for their loss. Now, now, what do you think of Wyatt's Law? I'd vote for it. Now, yeah, is there any chance of it passing? I'd say no. And, and, you know, if it did pass, I'll bet you the Supreme Court would simply declare it unconstitutional. No, they, they determined that the, um, the, that the words you used didn't actually mean what they... <laughs> what you said they, did. they didn't they didn't mean what the statute said at all you know listen as we wind this one up gary let me ask you this uh as an as an attorney specializing uh in helping folks and in understanding that uh this is the type of law you practice what do we have to do to change this is there any hope who do we call if we want to change this law well uh, the it, is it our legislatures the, we got to hope they'll do something yeah you know the, the legislature in texas holds a lot of power Right. You need to get on the phone with your legislator. Uh, you need to be voting in people who will listen to you. Sure. And and when uh, if there's a problem between the particularly in this day when we're not looking for activist courts. Right. 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 And yet it seems that's what we're getting. Um, you know, a legislature that will say, no, really, this right. is what we meant. We, we use these words, we can read, and we know what they mean. And we know what we're doing. Uh, Gary, I'm going to wrap it up, and thank you for joining us on the Wyatt Wright Show today. Thank you so much. My You're very pleasure. welcome. Gary Cantrell is a trial lawyer based in Dallas, Texas. So when insurance companies don't want to pay on a policy that they gladly collected premiums on, all they have to do is cry to the Texas Supreme Court, who's all too willing to side with them over injured Texans. In fact, this in the year this case was decided, the Supreme Court of Texas dished out losses to Texas consumers and favored big business in 75% of their cases. Are they being impartial? I don't think so. People are losing access to justice every week, ladies and gentlemen, and our laws are being pulled apart. Rulings and laws that deliberately allow wrongdoers to escape liability is a stain on our country. And if we aren't all accountable for our actions, and that means me too, everybody, including insurance companies, the rule of law will mean very little indeed. Don't let it happen. Our children deserve better. We're going to have to wrap up this show, but as you go through your week, remember it was Justice Learned Hand who said, if we're to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment, thou shalt not rash injustice. Have a good day, everybody. Come visit us on the web, wyattwrightshow.com. Like us on Facebook or Twitter or subscribe to the iTunes Store Podcast. Talk to you next week right here on Justice for All, The Wyatt Wright Show. Bye.